Last week, Will Schuster decided he would empower women through the music of Madonna, and we all died. And that's what you missed on Gleeboon. Ta-da! Hi, welcome back to Gleeboot, the show that I watch when I'm depressed. This is Cullen. <laughs> Wait, the show you watch when you're depressed is Gleeboot. I watch Glee when I'm depressed. <laughs> okay, good, because I was going to say this is a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you can't watch it? I watch the numbers tick by. <laughs> <laughs> this is Cullen. Alyssa. And Hannah. Uh, before we get into this week's episode, as we were setting up... Okay, let's preface this with my brother and I are splitting Disney+. Plus. What? And that's how we got talking about Disney movies. So she was watching the new Lady and the Tramp remake. I was, yes. And with the talking dog, that was a little disconcerting. Um, oh, wait, it was available on that streaming service? Yeah. Lady and the oh, Tramp. I thought it was coming out to theaters. No. no. <laughs> okay, good. I didn't want to see it. It's it's um kind of very disturbing. Yeah, the dogs look real cute, and then they talk, and you're like, why? <laughs> um, and we're I was like, can't wait for that Aristocats remake. And then we were talking about Edgar the Butler, and I'm like, he has to be like the lamest Disney villain. And Alyssa's like, he's not a villain. He's not a villain. He's not. He tries, he separates cats from their owner and tries to harm them and ship them off. That's a fundamentally bad thing. He tries to to make them, like, leave the picture, okay? He doesn't try and kill them or make coats out of their fur. He just wants them to go to Timbuktu. Yeah, but their home is with Madame in Paris. Madame is the real villain here. No, <laughs> She loves her cats. Okay, that's fine. Um, no, it's not. Not when you're ignoring the poverty of the human world around you and will everything to your cats who are going to die in like There's no nine po- years. There's no poverty in that movie. You never to see anyone poor. Edgar doesn't even have like good pairs of clothes. He works for her. I'm pretty sure there's a scene in the movie where his shoes are, like, falling apart. I don't remember that scene. Hannah, have you even seen Aristocats? <laughs> You're just I'm, so quiet here. I'm so glad that you asked me that question because the answer will not surprise you, Cullen. The answer is no. The only parts of Aristocats I have seen is from Drunk Disney. Okay. A quality YouTube series. I feel bad for Edgar. Okay, so let me just say that let me preface what's going on with me because we open up this app to start the podcast and Cullen's like, oh, I can't wait till we start because I'm going to put Alyssa on blast. I literally thought it was going to be related to Glee and then you guys were talking about Disney. I was like, well... I guess it's a good time to figure out which songs I hated and which ones I liked. That's why I was so quiet. (laughs) Yeah, there was zero sound coming from Hannah's. And that is rare. (laughs) (laughs) Hannah, are you still connected? (laughs) Yeah, I died in the middle of your conversation, I should say. Our next Twitter fan poll would be who's the real villain of Aristocats, Edgar or Madam? Edgar, first of all, is too stupid to be a villain. He hurts cats, and so he is bad. 
that's no. If if you're going by he hurts cats, then he is bad. I'm going by if you're an ignorant person with lots of money who wills things to your cats instead of to your human servant, that's bad. These are cats who sing and talk and paint and play the piano. Oh, I see where you're coming from. A world that's not reality. Okay, I get it. Yeah, that's the world that Aristocats is set in because the main characters are cats and geese that travel from London to France. I don't like any of the cats, and I like the geese even less. Just too many... I don't even like the movie Aristocats that much. No, no. Edgar is bad. Okay. No, if I don't like any of the main characters and Edgar is the one who's trying to take them down, he's the star of the story no he's a terrible person who hurts cats you know who also is a terrible person that probably would hurt a cat william fucking schuster wow that's that's here we go this this was a long intro (laughs) sorry everyone who came to listen about glee (laughs) i feel like there's probably an overlap in fandom um today we're talking about the episode home uh it Features uh, Christian Chenoweth back in action. Um, and I'm going to play my cards out. Has some good parts, bit of a snooze. Just going to say that. <laughs> like, it's not objectively terrible. It's boring. But it's not objectively great. But our cat, um, su- our cat, Alyssa's cat. We established that you are the stepdad. Yeah, we've established last episode. He was, he, she, I'm just a mess. Um, Suki was sitting in Alyssa's lap, watching it for a decent chunk of the episode. So, like 20 minutes. So I'm going to say, and she does not usually do that. For everyone listening who does not know my cat, Suki will leave your grasp within the first 90 seconds of holding her. Yeah, so she, this was her favorite episode of Glee. <laughs> yeah. That is a high praise to have a cat <laughs> like an episode of this show. <laughs> yeah, this episode, um, I mean, I have some just like message problems with some of it <laughs> that like, again, should not be shocking. But ultimately, I don't have that many notes. Like compared to the Madonna episode, like this was like the best thing I had seen from Glee compared to that and back to back was just really shocking. Are you drinking anything, Hannah? I've had two cups of coffee and I haven't drank coffee in like two weeks. So I'm in this weird sort of stupor where I'm really tired, but also there's caffeine just like racing through my blood right now. Oh, I've been there. You should mix some Baileys in that. See, I was caffeine. going to, and then I was like, oh, I don't have money in my bank account, and I don't get paid till Friday, <laughs> so I'm just going to drink it the old-fashioned way. We're both drinking uh, Malibu Caribbean rum with coconut liqueur. It's like this bottled pineapple thing or canned that I had that I brought to a party once. It says certified colors added, but you can't see the colors because it's inside a can. So I feel like that was a wasted step. What are certified <laughs> colors? Like um, FDA approved, I'm assuming. I have I no f- idea. I feel like if you want to be certified or you, if you want to be FDA approved, you should say FDA approved. But also if you have to specify FDA approved, 
that's not good either. That means there are colors that are not FDA approved. There are dyes that you can ingest that will kill you. <gasps> like what? I don't know. Asking for a friend. <laughs> I'm not trying to murder anyone, but just like <laughs> hypothetically. <laughs> um. Ugh. Okay. Home. I'm gonna get it. Hmm? Home. Let's do Home. it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get into some Matthew Morrison drama later. Yes. Um. I did some asking around. Um, So basically our plots this week are we have the Sue and Mercedes plot. We have uh, the Will and April plot. um, And we have Kurt and Finn. Slash the parent. Their parents. Which the ship name that the show established for Kurt and Finn, which could have been Kin... They went with furt. Wow. I think because that word is really uncomfortable, as is that relationship <laughs> right now. <laughs> that, that's, that's accurate. Um, which plot do you guys feel like discussing first? Uh, I don't know. I kind of want to... The only one that was like relatively interesting to me was honestly the Sue and Mercedes one, just because like I love the... Kurt and Mercedes join the Cheerios. I like that. Yeah, let's start there. Um, there, She's talking about that she has a new... Sue is saying that Cheerleader Magazine is setting a reporter to do like a front page story on her. And she's like, Mercedes, how come you're in like the tracksuit that I have the male cheerleaders who only ever exist in musical numbers and never outside of that? <laughs> where... Um, you're wearing like the pants. Why aren't you wearing a skirt? Um, and Mercedes is all like, oh, I just didn't want to start like a sex riot by being like too hot. And her and Kurt do this thing where they both like flip their hair. And she's like, how come you two don't have a show on Bravo? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a great line. And then uh, then she's like, you need to be in a gender appropriate outfit. And apparently they only make those in certain sizes. So you need to lose 10 pounds in a week. I can attest to the fact that gender appropriate outfits only come in certain sizes. Yeah. That's a real thing. Yeah, I wish I was surprised, but I am not. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) Like, uh, and also, like, cheerleading uniforms, especially the Cheerios ones, like, the skirts are, the skirts aren't, like, pleated. They're the, the straight ones, right? Yeah. So, like, they're even more conflicting, even though they've got, like, some slits and they've got, like, the the spank shorts underneath. Like, mm-hmm. they're still really constricting. And then, like, those tops, like, there's no, there's no stretch. Like, I feel like no, no one, no matter how skinny you are, is going to be actually comfortable in that. No. Mm-hmm. Which is why she has the cheerleaders on the Sue Sylvester cleanse, which is, like sand and laxative and like which is so weird like to think that if you're gonna go on a cleanse you're still gonna end up with the body that you want which isn't true at all like nobody has the same sort of body type but people always want you to think and i think you're always talking about this yeah if you lose the weight and you 
do the diet, then you're going to end up with this ideal body type. And that's just not the way it works. Yeah, people aren't like cutouts and then like problems or whatever, like diet and lifestyle choices make you a different way. But if everyone was perfect, they all look the same. Like that's not true. Like some people's bodies are just going to look a certain way. And maybe yeah, if you like spent all your moments working out, you could look like Michelangelo's David, but like that's not realistic. Like the people who made those like ideal body types and statues and stuff like didn't expect real humans to look like that. And the models are airbrushed. And you should just uh, talk or look up Jamila, who plays Tahani on The Good Place, because she has lots of great stuff to say about the American beauty slash dieting industry. And about being a feminist in progress, I think was like the last term I saw. Um, I think she did like an interview. Oh, that's a cool term. She did an interview with, I think it was Gloria Steinem. And that was like what she was called. Like she's like a feminist in progress. And I'm like, yeah. Because like Roxanne Gay had a book called Bad Feminist, which is like an amazing book and also a good term because like, wow, we're really getting into some shit tonight. <laughs> uh, like, On the episode that has the least <laughs> problems with it. <laughs> It's kind of just like there's nothing crazy, crazy about this episode that I'm like latching on to. So I guess like this is leading into the fact that like it's obviously talking about like diet culture and that sort of craziness and then like loving yourself, spoiler alert. So yeah, I guess this conversation is just kind of naturally happening true but fun fact that we are actually talking about everything but the actual episode so (laughs) yeah i do want to say that there's a meme or it was like a tweet that was like i appreciate how glee decided to handle every possible issue but handle none of them well (laughs) um that i do feel like overall this they handled this pretty well um the mercedes plotline yeah Because she's like, oh, I'm eating broccoli or, like, salad with the ranch on the side and, like, a chicken breast. Like, this is a healthy meal. And I'm like, yeah, like, that is, like, a nice lunch. And Kurt's like, I'm eating, like, a celery stick and gum or something. And he's like, you need to do all this to, like, lose 10 pounds. And, like, Brittany and Santana are on their crazy cleanses. And so she's, like, barely – we cut to a later lunch scene and she's eating, like, nothing. And – She's there with everyone's favorite couple, Artina, um, Artie and Tina. And Tina's got some lines, and they're talking about. uh, She's got some lines. (laughs) She's got some lines. We'll 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 revisit Tina time. Um, But they're like, that's not healthy. Like you can't lose that amount of weight in a week. Like that's not okay. And she's like, I. You guys are just jealous because like I'm popular and I'm in the Cheerios now. I've been a loser. I want to be popular. Like. I'll do whatever it takes. And then she starts seeing them as like in giant food suits. Like uh, yep. I think Artie is a piece of cake and Tina's ice cream or something. And she sees like Rachel and Jesse walking by and they're in food suits. And she's like, you guys stop judging me and stop trying to get you to eat me. And I'm like, what? And get then, me to eat you. Yeah. Or yeah. I, yeah. Like, 
I really hated that sequence. I mean, for like a number of reasons, just like in general, but Hannah's biggest trigger is people on giant food. <laughs> Honestly, though, like I was like, I get what they're going for. Like they're they're going for that. Like, yeah, she's so hungry that these people are starting to look like food. But there's also this added like meta element that like it's not even like actual food. It's food suits that are so obviously not like. <laughs> actual transformations and i was like i don't think this is funny i think this is really annoying and i was triggered by jesse in the hamburger suit i think he was in the hamburger suit because at one point no whoever whoever was in the ice cream at one point like their suit folded up and i was like oh i don't like this i don't know what it was i have a question then if you could, like, have the same scene, but instead of it being, like, food suits and use some sort of, I don't know, like, animation where they kind of, like, pop into being that is actual food, but it's, like, animated, would you be more inclined to have something like that? I think so. I think I was mostly, like... I was like, I was expecting that, like an animation of some sort. But then it was like actual, like practical effect of wearing suits. And I was like, I understand that they're trying to be funny. Like it meant, it felt very obviously trying to be funny to me. And I was like, I do not appreciate being treated like a child. I don't know. It was you know, very this upsetting. was 2009. Animation didn't exist yet. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's, That's 100%. I w- in our Glee boot, instead of wearing the practical suits, they will turn into CGI food. With, CGI? Yes, yes, with faces on it. And they're going to sing a mashup of Katy Perry's birthday. Like, I know you like your cake or... No, no, the DNCE Cake by the Ocean and Katy Perry's oh. Bon Appetit. Oh. Shut the fuck up. This is going to be a really expensive, like, scene. No, I think they should look like the annoying orange. That, I think, would have been funnier. If it's, like, just, like, giant fruit with their faces on it. Or, yeah. Singing Bon Appetit, baby. Yes. I... And the choreography is totally ripped off from status quo in High School Musical. Yes. Because we can't afford choreographers, so we have to copy someone else. Because we spent a lot of money on that whole CGI shit. Yep, all the CGI and the rights to the (laughs) There goes our budget. All right, guys. We got one scene. Here we go. We have the the behind-the-scenes special edition of High School Musical in which... Zach Efron, Lucas Grabeel, et al. are teaching us the choreography. Hurry up, hurry up. They're starting to speed it up. Let's go, let's go. We only have 10 minutes to photography. Let's go. That's what's going to happen on the Glee boot. And then they're in like those CGI like motion capture suits that you see. In, like, oh my goodness. Like I'm thinking like the Beast in the Beat and the Beast remake CGI oh, suit. Oh no. Dancing to Bone of the Yes, team. no, we have to hire the same people that, that animated the Beast. So, oh, uh, yes. Can we not, please, you guys, we're poking at the Beast here. <laughs> 
quality content. <laughs> that was a joke. I hate the Beast. Yeah, we hate the Beauty and the Beast remake. I uh, okay. My undergrad is in animation, though, so I'm like, I'm a little bit sore about it. She, it's terrible. It's a terrible job. She has like the professional knowledge to be like, no, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> um. So let me have a little Disney moment for you. I because yeah. I don't want to talk about this episode. It's so boring. Um, <laughs> I. Cullen knows this because I texted you when I was attempting to watch the Beauty Beauty and the Beast, and I think it took me five watches the of new like one? yeah the twenty minutes uh, each because I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it in one sitting. It made me physically ill. <laughs> okay, and that's yeah. my Disney moment. <laughs> which, which, what, which, uh feature or which piece of content is waiting for you in uh, the lowest circle of hell? <laughs> uh, the power of Madonna or Beating the Beast 2017? Oh. Um, the power of Madonna because at least the Beauty and the Beast has like some songs I can sing along to <laughs> that I actually want to sing along to. <laughs> Although, I mean, I don't mean to throw shade, but, like, I did not like... Actually, no. I didn't like anyone's singing voices in Beauty and the Beast. Maybe maybe that actually should be my Circle of Hell movie. <laughs> it's a mashup of both of them. Oh, my God. That is cruel. <laughs> it is it's the worst of both worlds. It's the opposite of Hannah Montana. <laughs> Shmanish Montana. <laughs> yeah, she only sings covers All right. of the Beauty and the Beast second, live action songs. Second Disney moment for Hannah. <laughs> uh, I was plagued by Hannah Montana's existence when that show was on because everyone would be like, oh, Hannah, you mean like Hannah Montana? And I'd be like, <laughs> no, I hate you. Please stop talking. I want to <laughs> So in our Glee boot, Hannah will actually star in the episode where they cover Malibu by Miley Cyrus. Um, I want you to pocket that memory and keep it with us for Glee season two, episode two. Glee season two, episode two. Wait, which memory? I've talked about a lot of them. Of uh, being called Hannah Montana and Miley Cyrus ruining your life. Okay. Okay. Because this is going to be relevant later. Okay, cool. Good to know. Because um, I don't remember what you're talking about, so this is going to be a fun surprise. Fun surprise. <laughs> like uh, the conclusion of this storyline. Mm, I don't know. But uh, so throughout this, Quinn is like watching Mercedes like treat her body in such a negative way and is all like, I don't like this. And then when she passes out and she comes to, um, she's with Quinn and Quinn's like, oh, here's granola bar. And she's like, I'm not hungry. And she's like, you're starving. And Quinn has this really great moment where she's like, I used to be just like you, like hating myself for eating a cookie, like being so hard on myself. And then once I became pregnant, my relationship with food changed because I was eating for this baby to be healthy. She's like, why can't I eat for my own body to be healthy? And like, you've always been at home in your body because they got to shoehorn that theme in. But she's like, you've been at home in your body and don't let Sue Sylvester take that from you. Yeah. And it was like a really sweet moment. So my first... I really liked Quinn. My first note was, oh my God, Quinn is mom-splaining. But then like, 
like I took a second to really think about it. And then I was like, I am really feeling this whole scene because it's a really rare bonding moment of Quinn and literally anybody else who isn't Puck when she gives him some sort of redeeming factors. Yeah. And it was like, also because she didn't do anything last episode. Like this was really, it was her, like every four or five episodes, she gets like a few shining moments. Um, and then she's discarded until she's needed again. So I thought it was really, really great. I loved it. Yeah. And I thought that was a really good way to frame it. Not just like you're beautiful the way you are, Well, which she says, but just not like, Oh, you're beautiful. You don't need to change that. Or just like boys will like, you know, or you just need to find the special boy or like those kind of stuff that I feel like shows throw out a lot. But instead, she's like, I was eating, I need to, I was realizing that I need to eat food to be healthy. And why can't I do that for myself? Mm-hmm. And it's like such a real thing that I feel like a lot of people probably have realized and gone through or like different things happen where you realize, oh, like food is about being healthy. And it's not like our society treats eating like it's inherently bad. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that like, <laughs> considering the power of Madonna episode and all the problematic stuff was happening there. Like it would not have surprised me if Glee had been like what you were saying, like those sort of other, you know, less ideal messages being thrown around. And like, they, they took a really diplomatic and healthier approach to that, to that storyline, which is honestly shocking in comparison to the power of Madonna. This was a yeah, this is a really good scene, really good way to handle the message. And if it had been in a different episode that just had other stuff in it that was also exciting, I think it would have been a really great subplot. Did I miss yeah. the uh Sue holding up broccoli segment and where she's like, Do you know what this is? And That's she's in a like, later season. Okay. That's in the Tater Tots episode. Okay, cool. Okay. No, <laughs> but that's a great joke. I literally, and I'm excited to relive it. Because, like, I was watching this and I was like, oh my God, isn't it in this? And then I was like, maybe I missed it. But I actually, like, just recently saw a GIF of that. So that's what made me think of it, too. Um, so this plot concludes with uh, Mercedes is all like, because Kurt's been like, you can't screw this up. You have to lose the weight. He's putting pressure on her too. And then um, when it's time for the big uh, pep rally and the journalist is there, like he's like, oh, it's so crowded. And Sue's like, yeah, I arranged to have the entire school fumigated so everyone has to attend the pep rally. <laughs> it's just a funny detail. Um, and then uh, Mercedes comes out in like the suit shoot, like the, the track suit. And Kurt's like, what is she doing? And Saint- I, Santana and Brittany were like, I don't know. But part of me feels like they did know and like they had planned this ahead of time. But, or it was just glee magic because Mercedes starts singing uh, the Christina Aguilera song, uh, which has never touched me in any way. Uh, beautiful. Um, and the cheerleaders all join her and they're like, anyone can come up and join. And Quinn comes up first and the rest of the Glee club takes front and center because they're the least popular kids, but yet they're always the center of attention. Um, (laughs) And they sing beautiful. And Sue is like, 
upset because she can't be like, oh, I hate this in the middle of it. Um, but she's like, they're ruining everything. And then the journalist is like, I thought you were a hack and a fraud and I was going to expose you. But you had cheerleaders of every size and color, which means uh, there was one Latina cheerleader and now a, a black cheerleader um, and a, a gay man. So that is diversity. <laughs> uh, Capital D diversity. <laughs> diversity. And he's like, and now I'm going to talk about how great you are. And Sue's like, yes, I planned this. Thank you. So, okay. So when Mercedes first like comes out and she's like talking to the audience, she literally like, like blatantly rips off mean girls being like, how many of you have gone through this? And like people are raising their hands and stuff. And I'm like, okay, okay. I see. And then, uh, the Cheerios. So like Santana, Brittany and Kurt who like, in the Glee verse, Glee universe, already know how to instantly harmonize at any given moment because they're in Glee. Mm-hmm. It's other Cheerios that turn around to start singing with Mercedes. And I'm like, why the fuck aren't they in the Glee club? <laughs> like, why? So that I thought was really interesting. But I was also really confused. And maybe it's because I'm missing something. But. So Mercedes starts by saying, like, I've been feeling pressured to feel like this, but that's not how it should be. And then she goes into the song and then the reporter is like, oh, yeah, no, actually, you guys have like a really good thing going here. Like, Sue Sylvester, you're a hero. And I'm like, did he not hear her literally being like, I was in this group and feeling like this? but I'm going to change that? Or was there just like a different reading that I just wasn't expecting? Did she specifically say Cheerios? She didn't. No, but she was... I would have to rewatch it, but like it comes off as like, she's like, she's literally saying that like, I'm... But I think it only comes off that way because we know that Sue was the one pressuring her. Yeah. I don't know. I'd have to rewatch it. But like, I literally was like, that feels like a really weird turn. So like, well, no. I wouldn't believe it if I was there. Like, Oh, yeah. Do you know what I yeah, mean? That like, if I was... It's like, that's <laughs> making a serious jump. Like, honestly, if a student. Well, I don't know, because like, I also have to think as like a not normal person because no one in Glee is a normal person. So, like, in the world of Glee, I guess that reporter could be, like, believing that that's what the whole intention was. It's just, I don't know. The irony just didn't play for me. Yeah. It did seem weird that Sue was, like, yelling at Mercedes because she tried to lose weight and she gained a pound at one scene and, like encouraging Becky to like lose all this like just like doing all this Sue is rewarded for being bad and unhealthy the whole way through um yeah yeah because like if that reporter actually because like Sue was just reinstated like a few episodes ago essentially and so mm -hmm. she's walking on thin ice even though she is blackmailing Figgins the worst worst principal in the world but if that reporter were to actually like 
get the message across that like, oh, like she's crazy. Like, why wouldn't he just be like, I have all of this dirt on you that I've gotten somewhere else. How come this is how come this is your message right now? Like, what's going on? Like, that person would dig more into it if they were a normal person. There's just I don't know. I don't think I liked, maybe I didn't like this storyline as much as I thought I said I did. Inconsistencies. I think the Sue half, but I think like the Mercedes journey, yeah. is, it's very straightforward and simple, but it's resonant. Um, I just don't care for Christina Aguilera's Beautiful that much. Hot take. Um, like, it's just never struck me. Um yeah. What song would you choose instead? I'm trying to think because I don't love the Alyssa Cara. I think the um the she just wants to be that one. Um, I have no idea what this is. Uh, oh, I'm forgetting. Scars to your beautiful. No, uh, that's different. Um. <laughs> How does it go? Uh, what are the song, lyrics? It's the she just wants to be beautiful. She knows to, attention. She craves the like image sculpted by the sculptor. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I, I no need to. I'm gonna this look is. this up. Uh, okay. The um, only song that I can think of that has like beautiful in it. It's not a song about actually like being beautiful or, or thinking that you're beautiful or like being at home in your skin. It's about someone singing about someone who's beautiful, which doesn't yeah. work. Are you talking about the Napoleon Dynamite lookalike singer? I have no idea. I don't know what his name is. I can't think of his name. Uh, well, I don't know this singer. All I can is it, I just know that you're beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I fucking hate that song. (laughs) Fuck that guy. It's the only one that I can. That was the only one I could think of too. Um, A song I might use would be "Reflection" from Muan. All right, some more Disney. Okay, some more Disney. Uh, I'm looking. Okay, I found the artist songs. I'm gonna see the name of the song, and I'm gonna. It is "Scars to Your Beautiful." Okay. I Do you know that song? I don't no. think so. I probably have heard it. I just don't know the lyrics. How long can I play it without us getting... Well, don't play yeah. it. Just look at the lyrics. Okay. Scars to beautiful lyrics. Um, April Rhodes is back. Mm-hmm. Randomly. Yes. It was very random. Running a roller. It's a song about body image directed at women. Um, you haven't found the lyrics yet. Okay, I'm trying. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, so they sing a Bruce Springsteen song, Fire. I'm a big Bruce Springsteen fan. Well, sort of a Bruce Springsteen we fan. We kind of like jumped into this. Can we yeah. Can we start at the beginning of this yes. plot? We'll start, start us out as I try and find the lyrics okay. to Scars to Your Beautiful. This is going to be real rough because I don't take notes. Um, but what I remember from this plot is that the oh. Cheerios have 
rented out the auditorium space so that the Glee club cannot use it, which means they, for some reason, have to find a another place to practice which makes no sense because they're in the music room practicing all the time. And there's only like 12 of them. That and um, we know they have a dance studio because Rachel was in there doing ballet in like the second episode. Also, they have an yes. outdoor campus. I happen to know they have a really big like outdoor lunch area a la Greece. So like they have space. All right. I found the lyrics. Um, I'm going to do the chorus because that'll probably be more helpful. Um, there's a hope that's waiting for you in the dark. You should know you're beautiful just the way you are. You don't have to change a thing. The world can change its heart. No scars to your beautiful. We're stars and we're beautiful. Um, it was on the radio like it was inescapable. I don't really listen to the radio. I feel like I probably have heard it once. I only listen to Glee covers of songs, Cullen. If they didn't do this song, I don't know it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I also don't listen to the radio. Okay. God, um, Cullen is trapped on this podcast. <laughs> He's trapped in this bit. <laughs> this is his final so- circle of hell. In which he's trying to make this episode work, and Alyssa and I are like, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never spoken English ever. Have you ever listened to a conversation with just Cullen and I? It's him quoting things or like talking to me about pop culture, and I'm just like, I have no idea. You're gonna have to know. I don't know. Yeah, like the best thing is trying to explain like a meme or internet joke because you have to unpack each level. Every time you've unpacked, like each level is no longer funny. Like I'm like, it's like okay, boomer. <laughs> I know about that one. She understands that reference. Do I need to bleep that out? People say people are saying it's the new N word. <laughs> Okay. Let's not. Let's be edgy. Oh, God. Yeah. um, So he's looking for a space to rehearse, and he checks out this roller rink, um, which is run by April Rhodes, Christian Chenoweth, and she sees Will Schuster. Uh, She says a phrase that scarred me to my core. Oh, Will Schuster, I just had a sex dream about you the other night. Um horrifying that woman needs therapy um i need therapy um, so then she starts singing she turns on like we're gonna sing fire by bruce springsteen and they skate around and she's like wait did we get to the part where they're did you tell them why we're at the roller rink because he's looking for rehearsal space yes okay yeah. i totally missed that entire sentence well you, you, yeah, I was just saying, you, you also did all that context for us i did do the context <laughs> but i don't actually remember the sentence where we went from the context to the roller rink so yeah so they're eating chili cheese fries or whatever like flirting at a roller rink because they only flirt at roller rinks and bowling alleys and um, class acts and then uh he's she's like i'm the mistress to like the i almost said the big lebowski (laughs) to like uh some it's it's polish name i think like the owner of all these strip malls fulfilling my lifetime ambition of being the mistress to a man who owns a bunch of strip malls 
and uh, she he gives her this roller rink to rent out space. And she's talking with Will, and he she's like uh, basically flirt hitting on him, and he's all like, "Oh, I'm." separated and I'm looking to rent out a room in my apartment, something that is suddenly brought up in this scene and will not be brought up again after this episode. And uh, she's all like, oh, I'd be interested in subletting your apartment. Like, are you inviting me over? And he's like, well, not for sex. And she's like, oh, I just want to check it out. So, and she's also, she's not, she fell off the wagon. She's drunk. Uh, She's drinking again. There's a lot to unpack in that whole sequence. I mean, you already started the, with the line. The apartment one? No, the sequence that we're talking about this right is now. before we even get there. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you already mentioned, like, the, the, the most terrifying line that you could have, I just had a sex dream about you, Will Schuster, is honestly, you're right. That is like one of my circles of hell having to hear that over and over again. Um, Body language says a lot and I'm like keeping my legs very closed right now. (laughs) Um, So I, I wrote that like this whole, this whole like number they do is so weird because they're singing with mics and then when they start like skate dancing their voices are still the same level and they're not holding mics anymore and i'm like i get it but also i hate it like this is me every time a glee musical song like goes from real life to not real life anymore every time Every time I made the same comment while we were watching it. And I was like, this is just what musicals I do. I understand that, but also like it was so it was just like so obvious to me. Like I didn't even like most numbers, I don't even think about it. Like the second they like disappear from the glee room and start like squint singing down the hallway, I'm like, I'm here for it. But this one was just I Maybe it's just because they were roller skating. Maybe. And I was like, that's awful. I hate this. I don't like this at all. It's definitely not as good as the roller skating scene in the Trolls movie. Okay. So, never seen that movie. I don't understand that reference. <laughs> I think that if you guys are held up on things like this, it's going to be a rough six seasons. <laughs> um, <laughs> true. We're held up on... I'm held up on these i i don't like them <laughs> this is like i held up on a lot of things right <laughs> yes. now and then so after that my next line is and i don't know this may be also like bleeding over from having watched the power of madonna right before it i wrote this show hates women and women in the show hate themselves and i think this has to do with april talking about like her goals of being like a mistress and like that she's never gonna achieve anything and i'm like wow that's that's terrible and then also they have this like really cliche moment where like he's like yeah i'm getting a divorce and like divorce is said so loudly and then they do that really like cliche looking around like oh shit did anyone hear me but like no one gives a fuck about their conversation (laughs) <laughs> and it's like that was such a dud. 
And I was like, this is, this is amazing. That part I loved. I was like, oh, the silence of it. That's like a whole like, like a second of silence to have that bit. And I was like, oh, wasn't worth it, but I love it. <laughs> Just kiss. Uh, I don't even know. Oh, I also wrote, as compared to the rate at which I watched the Madonna episode, I am flying through this one. Because I don't <laughs> think I paused it once. <laughs> yeah, this one, yeah, it, it goes, it's, it, it doesn't have the low lows of the Madonna episode, but you are missing some of the energy in the music, I feel like. Um, because their next scene, so she's like, oh, you can rent out, you can have the Glee kids perform at the roller rink for free there's maybe one scene of them doing that like performing at the practicing at the roller rink and they're just skating around so mm-hmm. whatever also but he checks her out as she like walks away like she's like okay like i'll see you there and he like checks her out and i'm like didn't you just send away your girlfriend to a menstrual institution so that she can get better so you can date her i was like you're an animal and i hate you Men think they're really subtle when they check people out, but they're not. I was on, like, the Metro uh, going to downtown or, like, to Hollywood. And uh, this guy, like, walks on the bus. And I think he, like, wants to sit in the seat next to me because he's, like, staring at me. And then he just moves. And I'm like, oh, he was checking me out. Because I'm like, why is this man just, like, looking at me directly? (laughs) Um, Men are not subtle. (laughs) Also... I love a good tangent. I was on my way to Hollywood and I was going to see my friend who's like lived here his whole life was like, I want to see the Chinese theater. And I was like, why? But okay. <laughs> and I was like, if I ever mentally break, I'm going there. I'm going to where Marilyn has her handprints. I'm taking a sledgehammer and I'm blaring uh, smashes. Let's be bad. <laughs> and smashing her handprints. <laughs> I hate it. Or you should do you could do a mashup of that and let me be your star and it doesn't make sense and it's totally cacophonous. That's what you should do. That smash. And then I as I walk away I play I'm not sorry. Also from Smash. Oh fuck that show. Shout out to our Smashies. Smashies. I hate it. <laughs> so uh Back back in this uh, this show, which um, I think takes place in the same exact alternate universe <laughs> as Smash. <laughs> like everything is is awry and off, and there are Broadway stars who aren't Broadway stars, but are also Broadway stars <laughs> in some regard. It's fucking fantastic. In a perfect world, it would have been an expanded musical universe where Rachel tries out for Bombshell. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, that's in the Glee boot. It's where we finally merge the two shows that brought our hate watching together. Wait, does that mean I have to watch? No, Don't. no, we're not going to make you do it. We're going to make you just, you know, run with it. Just give us all your ideas. We don't care if you've seen it or not. We would prefer if you didn't because you probably do a way better job okay so um christian chenoweth april rhodes spends the night at will's apartment and he's all like you're gonna sleep on the couch i'm gonna sleep in the master bedroom which uh, 
I don't know. We're not going to get into this. Okay. And then she sings. Um, yeah. If he's running out a spare bedroom, a spare room, wouldn't he have a spare bedroom for her to sleep the in? The spare bedroom was Terry's sewing room. The craft, the craft room. room. So that means that she probably took all of that stuff and now there's nothing in it. I'm surprised that man still has furniture. I would think Terry would take it and sell it and make him live in squalor. But because <laughs> you're like, because that's what I would also, do. <laughs> can I just quickly talk about I don't think I noticed this until like now. Like there was always something that bothered me about their apartment. And I think it's the crown molding mixed with like the bright blue or teal color in their dining room. And it reminds me <laughs> of the Monticello house in Washington, D.C. And a postcard I had of that dining room there. And yeah, I just thought I would share that random tidbit. Wow. Okay. Because Will Schuster's basically a slaver. <laughs> oh, awkward. Oh, oh. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so so uh, she likes to sleep with body warmth and she starts singing uh, One Less Bell to Answer mes- Meshed Medleyed with A House Is Not a Home which Kurt has sings earlier, and we'll get to that Furt storyline. Um, Furt. Furt. So she's, it's Christian Chenoweth, so she can sing. It's a nice medley. Is it that exciting? I think not. It's so boring. Let's say it how it is. Oh! It's boring. Oh my God. So, okay, really quickly, to go back to... <laughs> I had a lot about, I guess, that uh, whole first scene with, um, uh, yeah. April and Will. Uh, April. There's, I don't know, wait, is it? No. There's a second scene with them. at the Okay, Royal maybe Ring. it's that one, because I have a fun background tidbit that kind of relates. We're just going to go to it. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, so she, yeah, she crawls into bed with him and then, uh... Which is so weird because it's, like, platonic at the time that it's happening, but she's been saying all of these weird sex things about Will and, like, you expect things to happen and then they don't happen. It's just really, really weird. I just, I didn't like the singing and I didn't, I just didn't like it. It was really boring. Yeah. It's yeah. real boring. And that's... Which is half of the reason why I expected something sexual to happen. And nothing happened. And it got more boring. I think what we're learning is that sometimes you, we just would rather Glee go all out and miss. Because then it's at least more exciting to watch. And... Than just like play it halfway. More exciting to talk yeah. about. I feel like I'm putting yeah. our listeners to sleep. I just like, I cannot get up enough energy because there really wasn't anything I was that passionate about. Oh, we'll get to something. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, uh, so they practice at the roller rink, the, the Glee kids. It's not really that good of a practice. And he's all like, April, you could be doing so much more with your life. I'm like, rude. And she's like, <laughs> You're right, Will. You're I needed right. you to tell me that. And I'm like, ugh. Um, and then she's like, yeah, I'm going to break it off with my uh, 
I don't know what I almost said master because that's like <laughs> master is the male form of mistress, but like whatever the guy she's sleeping with. Uh, her bow. Her bow, yeah. Sugar daddy. Oh, Sugar, yes. <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking. Where's the thing? Um, and then, uh, and then, like, she's like, this roller rink loses so much money anyway. And uh, I'm like, a more exciting version of this show would have the kids hang out at the roller rink all the time. Um, and then, uh, so I mean, typical condescending Will shit. Um, and then. Uh, it turns out when she breaks up with her her beau, her sugar daddy, he like has a heart attack and dies. And uh, his wife pays her all this money in hush money. So she buys the auditorium. Uh, it is now the April Rose Auditorium. Um, so like, let's be honest, she's done more than Will Schuster ever has. What? Um, so she owns this auditorium and she's using the rest of her money. So they have an excuse for her to sing the song Home from the Wiz because it fits in with the theme. She sings Home with the Wiz with the Glee Kids at the end because she's going to Broadway to mount an all-white production of the Wiz. Oh my god. So We got a story for oh, you. Oh shit! <laughs> it's story time! <laughs> This isn't Cullen's Corner. This, this is, is, this is, beyond this is that. Wait, is this the thing that happened? Yes, this is the thing that happened. Thank okay. you for being more specific. Right. But I think you do have some general context about why we're freaking out. Uh, so, so yeah. as you probably know, we all went to grad school together. Yes. <laughs> Alyssa, you know that. You were there. <laughs> I was talking to our listeners, but yes. I was answering <laughs> for the listeners. Okay, listeners. okay. An audience surrogate. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, we, me and Hannah had our sitcom class together. Alyssa was in a different sitcom class. It was, it was the same teacher, like different mm-hmm. groups yeah. of people. Yeah, a very experienced man who like worked a lot on Sesame Street. Um, and uh, the Bob Newhart show, so like had mad respect for him, but he was also very old. <laughs> so you go next, Heather. <laughs> wow, <laughs> so many inside jokes being dropped. I'm so glad that our listeners are going to understand he always everything. Hannah. <laughs> he always called Hannah Heather, okay. even when she wrote so an email signed yes, Hannah. Okay, so. It first started in class where he called me Heather and everyone like looked around and like I had didn't really think about it. And I was like, I'm going to accept it because I have family members named Heather's so, like I was used to being called that. And then in an email, he'd be like, hi, Heather. I would be like, okay, signed Hannah. And then he'd be like, hi, Heather. Thanks for emailing me. And I'd be like, I love you. Thank you. And then you know what? The rest of the the rest of the I almost called it season because we also referred to each semester of our program as season one, two, three, and four, or seasons one, part one, and part two. Yeah. And uh, basically, throughout the rest of that class, I just let him call me Heather, and I just stopped correcting him. It just wasn't worth it. Okay, so we did a group pilot. Uh, a group, group spec, spec script. Yeah, a group spec script for Blackish. Um, it was what the professor assigned to yes, our class. Which is, you know, it's it was in like an early uh, few seasons. So I think now it's got like 
like a lot more seasons. But yeah. like, so that's why we chose it because he wanted to do like a newer show. And so basically we had to come up with an idea as a group about what our our script was going to be about. And Cullen decides to pitch a wonderful idea of having, was it the school or was it the community production? Yeah. Okay, the school. The school. Wanted to have an all, or wanted to have a production of The Wiz, but it was Junior, right? Junior basically goes to like an all white school. And yeah. uh, so we were like, freaking out about this almost all white the whiz and uh yeah i don't really know where else to go with uh, this because i'm like i could get into so, some deep lore that literally no one will care about <laughs> our our class demographic was uh um, uh how do we put this it was one person of color yeah right yeah is one there was uh, a classmate who was black and the rest of us were white so i really think blacks was a bad choice because it's specifically a show about the black experience seems almost like putting on your production of the whiz, of the whiz. Holy yeah and shit, i just was that thinking is meta. i didn't even think about that <laughs> yeah no it's like just like the production of the whiz we were talking about and critiquing there was only one black person in our blackish script like yep. helping write it yep wow Fuck, guys. Yep. So I picked this idea because my roommate in college was like, oh, yeah, I was was the Tin Man in The Wiz. And I was like, You mean The Wizard of Oz? And he's like, No, The Wiz. And like, I had not, I was not versed in social justice at all at this point, but I was just kind of like, But why did you do The Wiz? Like, it just like didn't make sense. We specified that this person was a white person, right? Yes, he's uh, paler than I am and even more of a ginger than I am. <laughs> and we were, and he's like, yeah, I know, but like it was what my school did. And I'm like, fair. And when uh, they're like, okay, come up with an episode that's about this family, but also the black experience. I'd be like, I was like, okay, let's talk about the whiz. And then I was thinking, this is just going to be about like Junior wanting to perform and be in a play and his dad, like what, not approving of it and like, approaching it from that angle but there's just all these messy messy race things that issues come that were like we do not have the time nor the nuance to talk about it in a, a, a 28 page script with literally yes exactly with like yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> with very limited like firsthand experience of that experience so like God, yeah. So basically what we're saying is April's line was it really hit home with us. Nailed home. it. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was uh Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that it, whole experience was a little bit of a stressful experience then like when she referenced it I was like oh, Anna's gonna freak out <laughs> I think um, I texted you when I read it or when I, when I read it when I watched it and you were like oh yeah we're gonna talk about it uh, yeah um, so uh, that's April's storyline and that's pretty much it. it like yeah that's literally all that happens is like shoes kind of tempted 
to sleep with April, but really it ends up being about, I guess, not intimacy, but like having a warm body, quite literally. And it's about Will Schuster teaching a woman to respect herself, which, which I couldn't be more proud of any other story. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, at least Quinn got to help Mercedes respect herself. At least that was two women. Um, now uh, we're gonna get, let's get into the curtain fin of it all. <laughs> the third of it and all. This is my favorite storyline of the whole episode. There was a lot of nuance in this, and it could have been handled really poorly. And I think it it was handled pretty decently. Um, Kurt sets up his dad Bert with Finn's mom Carol because he has a crush on Finn and he wants to like oh if our parents are dating then we might live together and so he's talking about redecorating his room and he's like I'm thinking some kind of like Hunter's Lodge chic or something and you're good at that like so pick this or like pick a swatch and he's like that uh, one that one and he's like oh it pegs you for a tall guy and he's just like he doesn't even respond just does that awkward thing where he's like stiff and walks away and i love when he does that and he's just like confused he's like i don't know how to address this just walks away um it's a really funny acting choice um and then uh he's mad that like finn is mad that his mom is like selling all their furniture and she almost sells the recliner and he's like that's dad's recliner. You can't sell that. Um, the only picture I have of the two of us is him sitting in that recliner. So he's attached to it. He never knew his father. Um, Who uh, and, died uh, in Desert Storm, right? I think that's like the backstory. Yeah. Uh, happy yeah. belated Veterans Day to Finn's dad, I guess. Do they ever do a Veterans Day episode? Yeah. And every other veteran. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I mean, by the time this gets. <laughs> yeah, this. <laughs> aired, it will be a way. Yeah. yeah. It actually may be next true. Veterans Day. Who knows? Um, uh, currently, Veterans Day for us was yesterday. Oh, my God. That was yesterday. Oh God, that was only yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I thought, too. Um. So this is the scene in which his mom has, like, a really great line about – because, like, okay, I really related to Finn in some respects in both of those episodes, The Power of Madonna and this one, because, like, I talked about how, like, that feeling numbness after having sex when it meant nothing. I was like, oh, wow, like, I really feel that. And then in this episode, he's, like – has very strong emotional connections to essentially inanimate objects that remind him of his father. And I was like, I really, really feel that because like I got the same way with like my grandma's stuff. So like Finn has some really interesting emotional depth that just like, it makes him so lovable. I think he's like, yeah, he's, he's, he's great with his little emotional depth. That's why that's why even when like Finn like fucks up or does something bad, we still we still love Finn because we have so much depth. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. got so much, yeah. so many redeemable things that just end up coming up that like 
You're like, oh, our little Frankenteen. So Kurt sings in the Glee Club because he's talking about their parents dating. He sings to to Finn, um, a house is not a home, um, which which is yet another really slow song and really boring. And he's singing it directly at Finn, who looks very also. So like, I actually laughed when it started. And it starts with Puck, and Puck like mouths, "Are you gay?" And then it then it pans to Finn, who's like, "Uh, what?" He's just like really confused. And then he like gets into the message of the song, but kind of missing another element of it, which again is that like precious naivete. But like, I actually laughed when yeah. Puck was like, "Are you gay?" I don't know why that. <laughs> like a legitimate like, and I was question. Like, that clearly someone understands what's happening here. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, like fans uncomfortable, but he doesn't really know why. <laughs> and yeah, it was it was that comedy was really the only thing that this scene had. Um because I mean Kurt has a good voice, but the song is a bit of a snooze. But then um, also it it cuts to Finn singing. Does he sing that song? Oh, yeah. Because, no, yeah. He's like, oh, this is going to be a duet. Finn, this is your part. And Finn's like, what? That's yes. why he's holding sheet music. And then he's singing that song to the chair. Because yeah. there's a line that's like a chair Which is just a chair. A really well, I mean, you remember, he does this all the time. He sang to the video of the sonogram that wasn't his baby. So, like, this is his yes. thing. You're right. But it's it how he it was like a problem. video. I don't know. <laughs> Singing to Singing inanimate, inanimate objects. Look at this stuff. <laughs> That's in the Gleaver. <laughs> this episode <laughs> is all Disney songs. <laughs> yes. Um... There's a Disney song called Home in the Beauty and the Beast musical, which they could sing in this home-themed episode. <laughs> Rachel could sing it. Are we still going to have this episode? It's so boring. <laughs> I have a I have a pitch for how I would revise April, but we'll get there. Um, so uh, then they go to dinner because uh, she's like, I'm really happy. Carol, Finn's mom, is like, I'm really happy with Bert. Let's just give it a try. So Bert, Carol... Kurt and Finn are all at dinner and Kurt's like raising his glass of Shirley Temple to like cheer to them like to like a new beginnings a new family and Finn's all like we're not a family and then Bert is all like I get that like I'm not your dad but let's just have a good time and then they start talking about sports and bonding over sports and he's like oh I've never been to Finn and Kurt's dad Finn and Kurt's dad and he's like, I've never been to what's the sports team they're talking about? I don't the know. football team. He's like, Oh, I haven't been to one the of their Browns. games. And the Browns. You're from Ohio, you know these things. Um, he's like, Oh, I've never been to a Browns game. And uh Bert's like, Oh, I'll have to take you. Like, it's gonna be so much fun. And then Finn's like, for a place called Breadsticks, the breadsticks here really suck. Because <laughs> they do look, they're like not even the good like breadsticks, they're just like Basically, Cory Monteith and... is so good in like what we were just talking about, like his like naivete. But like in this scene, he's literally like slouched over. He's got his like mouth like half on his glass, mm-hmm. 
And I was like, he is acting like a teen. And I was like, wow, someone on set has met a teenager before, unlike the writer, <laughs> Ryan Murphy. It's crazy. Like, I just thought he, he was... Like, even the surly, we're not a family. Like, that was... Yes, point. it's so authentic. And I was like, I was like, he... The whole dynamic was really, really interesting because, like, when that turn happened, like, you can just see the light die in Kurt's eyes. Like, things are not going the way he wanted, but maybe in a a way that he just didn't expect. And, yeah, I just thought, like, that whole dynamic was just really, really interesting. Yeah. I think I think it's funny because... Corey Monteith is was one of the older yeah. actors. I think Puck's actor was the yeah. oldest, but he's older and like the least like the least likely to look like a teen. He's so tall, he's big, but his acting, he like acts the most like a teenager in his performance. He's got a boyish face. Like Yeah. How, how old was he when like he played? 29? Like yeah. When he started. Yeah. Wow. Um makes you wonder, like Honestly, if I was close to being a teenager at that age, playing a teenager, I would not want to play a teenager. I would want to be more adult. Yeah, but people in their 20s always play teenagers on oh, that's, TV. I'm saying the other way. Oh. If I was young, yeah. playing my own age, mm-hmm. I would want to act more adult-like. Yeah. Because I'm a teenager. Mm-hmm. The Disney Channel star syndrome. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> oh, you gonna unpack that one? So much Disney. So, so much, much Disney. Disney Plus launched and it is on our brains. <laughs> that happened today. Um, today. Yeah, if I if I watch any of that high school musical show, I'll probably <laughs> Oh, I was gonna mention that. <laughs> <laughs> Looks very glee esque. Um Yeah. Um so they're bonding over sports and Kurt is upset because now he sees like his dad kind of bonding with like the son he always, he th- Kurt imagines the son his dad yeah. always wanted. So afterwards he's like, it really hurt to see you bonding with Finn like that. And he's like, it's just some guy talk. And he's like, guy talk, I'm a guy. And he's like, I accept you, I support you, but like you like different things. And I think it's such a great scene because like you understand why Kurt's hurt and it makes so much sense. But his father did nothing He's wrong. He's just trying to be Let's a see, dad, like, like a good dad, and yeah, but it's. I, <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. I feel like the interesting thing about this storyline is that um, Kurt and Finn are both upset with their parents, but I feel like their parents both have like everyone has a valid argument argument except maybe Kurt because I don't agree with his motivations for wanting to get his dad together with Carol. Yeah. Um, but like the arguments between parent and child seem to be like very, uh, how do I put this? Like not one-sided, like seeing everything from both sides. Is there a word for that? Complex, multifaceted, fair, even. I mean, all of those apply, but not what I'm trying to say. Um, Nuanced. Maybe? Yeah, because, like, it, it presents, like, 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 the conversations with, 
like um like his mom with Finn's mom being like I like this person and I haven't felt like this in a long time like those are conversations that I've had with my own mom and it felt very very authentic and even though like I would have been on like Finn's side being like oh I'm annoyed with this whatever like I have all these problems but like like you can see everyone's perspective and it's no one's right no one's wrong everyone's just kind of doing their best in with what they yeah, have yeah they're like all valid yeah. arguments no one no one is like off the deep yeah. end here which is rare for glee where it's often yeah. someone arguing with like sue who's like a straw man villain kind of character yeah. so like these were all like everyone had a point even if like maybe their point wasn't entirely mature or like fair to the other person it's still like you understood why they felt that when you yeah i think it's so rooted in like (laughs) realism that it's disorienting but um (laughs) Um. yeah like so like kurt so you like mentioned kurt's motivations and colin i just like wanted to be like why do we always have Convert, like, why do we always watch shows where there's like a gay man trying to come on to a straight man, or at least a straight presenting man? Like, why is that a storyline that exists, and why do we keep encountering it? Because we had that in Smash. In Smash, and it was. It's just like it's a thing that keeps happening, and I understand there's a lot of nuance to it, but it's. I just, ugh, it made me so sad to see Kurt having that motivation because, like, he has so many, he has, like, a really strong real issue happening with, like, jealousy over Finn that, like, this motivation, it felt too much like, it felt like Glee being real and then Glee being Glee sort of pulling at each other in one person. And I was like... Yeah. You gotta like pick a side. It just yeah. because the whole like Kurt Finn sort of like him having a crush kind of was on the wayside by the time we For get to time. what we will probably start talking about now. The next move. Yeah, I mean by the end of the episode that motivation is kind of completely gone. Yeah, it's we'll get to it's a rocky yeah. thing, and I'm not I'm not gonna say they handled it perfectly. I think I get why they're doing it because it's a very natural like teen thing to have an unattainable yeah. crush, and like I think part of uh, the experience for a lot of guys, gay guys, um, and I guess that happens in media a lot because it's. I mean, I got an unsolicited dick pic the other day. You know what the hell? Yeah, that was. I just. I think it's what you talked about. Um, I know the human body is beautiful, (laughs) but I wanted to be like, that looked like a turd. (laughs) Because that's what my brain immediately thought. Amazing. Um, I know, like, you talked about earlier, like, we either want Glee to, like, be fully rooted or, like, go all out. And it kind of felt like there was something really unresolved that it kind of felt, like, shoehorned in. I don't know how I felt about it. It just... I think I wanted to explore it more. I think that's what it was because it kind of felt like the jealousy over Finn bonding with his dad happened too quickly. Like, and it's 
an overall more interesting storyline than Kurt having a crush on Finn. Yes. I'm going to be completely honest here, guys. Yeah. I know Kurt has a crush on Finn. Mm-hmm. I did not pick up on this subtext. What subtext? Like, it's okay. It was subtext. No, for I'm me. saying like, I what, was straight what on subtext page. are you talking about? The, oh, like literally that he wanted them to move in together because he wanted to live with him because he has a crush on him. Oh. Interesting. It totally blew over well, my head. Well, I will say that it. Like now that we're talking about it, I'm like, oh yeah. But as I was watching it, no, I think that's totally valid. It didn't because it didn't. I may be coming from it itself. with knowledge of what may or may not happen. Think to come. That's actually super valid because, yeah, I don't have like not having this knowledge of what may or may not happen in the future to to be able to read that. So yeah, no, that's valid. But yeah, I think, I think I wanted to explore one facet of Kurt at a time. I think that's really what it was yeah. because it kind of just felt overpowering. And while they were both really interesting, it felt like the one just kind of was dropped, like we were saying. And Well, say because when I watched the episode, I remember Kurt like, talking with Finn about his decision to get their parents together and like he was like oh yeah it's for the good of their parents because I know that they that my dad hasn't uh had fun in however long or something it wasn't exactly yeah it was something like that so that was what I thought like he was actually trying Mm -hmm. to do um which is interesting that I didn't pick up on the crush thing until mm. now you're, we're just talking about it. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. But. um, That is interesting. So let's kind of wrap through the rest of this storyline. I do want to point out that uh, when Bert and Carol met at like a PTA meeting or something, <laughs> thankfully not the one where Akathelis <laughs> is performing. Oh, um, God. He was. Triggered. He saw her like denim jacket. And he's like, oh, they say acid watch is coming back and carol's like whoever said it sparks literal sparks (laughs) Sparks. they're so cute and they so deserve to be happy um they are adorable together i ship them best couple in glee um and then because then they kurt and finn agree to break up their parents and thankfully the storyline doesn't go like the direction at first i thought it would of like them doing dumb hijinks yeah it was just like parent trap yeah no i was like thank <laughs> thank god um because finn is like oh i'm just gonna dump dad's ashes down the toilet because that's what you're doing which typical finn subtlety and uh she's like you know why don't we just enshrine it like put it on the chair turn on the tv talk to it like you don't think this is weird like i go to bed every night and i talk to him and because i miss him and you never knew him but i have a chance to be happy and to move on and it's what your father would have wanted. And Finn's like, no. And she's like, you don't know him. I knew him. And it's this beautiful emotional yeah. scene. And he kind of starts to back down. And then uh, he's like going to get something from the fridge at night. And he runs into Bert. And he's like, I just wanted to talk to you. And say whatever you wanted to say. And Finn is like, you can't replace my dad and all this stuff. And... uh no, Finn's like, you know, he's I like... I was going to say, that didn't happen. That did not happen. I'm like, wait, I'm misremembering the scene. He's like, 
before you say anything, I just want to say this. And he's like, I love your mom. I can't replace your dad. I'm not trying to replace your dad. I love your mom. We make each other happy. Just like, and I would, I won't let anything hurt her. And he's like, I was just going to ask, like, do you want to watch like the game on TV? And then there's this great scene. They're like going to go watch the game. And Finn like moves the ashes off the chair. And he's like, no, sit here. (laughs) And Bert just has this look on his face like, this is weird, but I want this kid to like me. So I'm going to go with it. And it's just like, I love that he just acknowledges it and sits down and... Uh, they're watching the game, and then it just takes a turn for the utterly bizarre. <laughs> and it pans up, and Kurt is just standing outside the window watching them. In the middle of yes! the night. In, in the, middle. the middle of the night. It's probably, what, like maybe 930, was... but still, it's like <laughs> nighttime. No, like, okay. What was Kurt doing there? Why was he out there in the middle of the night? I figured (laughs) out why I hated the way this is constructed. Because it packs so much into one episode of, like, this crush, this, like, jealousy over Finn, this, uh, like, the, the, the parents fighting with the parents, Kurt feeling guilty about, you know, um, his dad not being as close to him. Like, all of these things packed into one. Like, all these facets of Kurt. And then it ends on, it, like, the sequence wraps up in something so glee crazy that I'm like, <laughs> what are we doing here? Like, can we pick an angle, stick with it, and explore it? Like, this episode was so boring i think it's because we just didn't have a direction to go in it was ugh. i'm mostly frustrated i mean i was really creeped out but now i'm just like frustrated (laughs) just what just like there's it was all like plausible and then kurt standing outside the window watching them was just like soap opera honestly like i got teared up during the bert finn like talking and I was like, yeah, it was beautiful and emotional. So good. And, and then, but my tears instantly <laughs> evaporated when I saw Kurt like <laughs> hovering outside. Was he also in his Cheerios uniform? No, no, he was in like a plaid. I, I, I remembered him in his Cheerios uniform because I was like, only that would make it more fucked up. <laughs> he like just came from the it's... the performance of Mercedes. I was like, oh shit, my dad's hanging out with Finn. I gotta go. And yeah, because he thanked Mercedes because that her song made him feel beautiful. And like, I hated that. I hated that interaction. I was like, "Why are you thanking her? Just, just stop. Just stop." Yeah, it, that's like someone watching someone from the window is like a more of a Riverdale level of insane. And even this particular version of someone creeping on someone from a window would be too weird for Riverdale. So like, it's <laughs> definitely too crazy for Glee. Um, yeah. Uh, so that was that was home. Um, okay. My two final notes on my sheet. Yeah. Too many adults singing and honestly didn't mind this episode. Kind of boring, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it sums it up. 
Hollywood, everyone pretended they were surprised when Harvey Weinstein stuff came out, but everyone knew. We mentioned this in the Power of Madonna episode, how Will Schuster exhibits similar traits as someone who's grooming yeah. uh, people to pr- children to prey on. Um, yeah, that just makes us think about who's creating our media and how we consume it. But we're consuming it. Um, as much as I do really love Glee, we are taking the time to... Are we consuming it, it? I think maybe we're just chewing it up and yeah, that's it what out. I'm trying to do because I'm like I <laughs> I cannot consume this. It will physically make me ill. Um, but our Glee boot is not going to be shady. Um, this is my before we get into it will our be a healthy meal for you to consume. <laughs> well balanced. Before we get into well balanced, <laughs> fatty like acids, the... vitamins, minerals, all of it. Like the chicken and salad Mercedes was going to eat. My idea for April Rhodes' character, like an April Rhodes-esque character, is uh, Kesha herself will be in Glee Boot. As Kesha? As, uh, no, she's going to be the ex-girlfriend of the Jonathan Groff teacher from back when he, before he came out. And she's going to be like this like kind of, empowering like female preacher type person like this kind of country girl um and she's gonna help instead of finn telling quinn's parents that quinn is pregnant she's gonna help quinn come to that realization and they're gonna duet praying because when quinn's dad throws her out she's like you made me feel dependent on you but like i don't need you i can be strong and it'll be a nice empowering moment for quinn and then at the end of the Kesha episode, they'll remix Praying in with her new song, Ra- uh, Raising Hell, and it'll just be a fun little glee number. Um, and her whole character is that she calls the Jonathan Groff character out on his shit. And so when she's visiting in town, she's like challenging him. So instead of being like a charity case for Will Schuster to tell how to live her life, she'll be like the opposite and be like, you need to get your life together to the Will Schuster character. Interesting. I, uh, so that's a lot to unpack. Like there's a lot of like relation to like what Kesha went through that you're embedding into this. And I, I'm loving that. Reborn Kesha is amazing. April Rhodes and made a new character. Yeah. Because do you want this character back? No. Yeah. But you're like, I rewrote April Rhodes. I'm like, what well, are you talking about? Well, she serves no. the same <laughs> purpose. She's like comes in and out of the series, right? Yeah. Yeah, and she's like the April Christian Chenoweth always brings this kind of country esque feel to the episodes. She's yeah, because we so and... one of the scenes it was a Motley Crew cover done by Carrie Underwood. That was the one thing I was gonna say earlier. Uh, I lost my mind. I was like, why is Carrie Underwood still in this show? Like, so many references to her. Yeah. She's so quiet. Apparently. <laughs> um, yeah. So I just, th- I thought, like, she'd be a fun country influence. Because Kesha's new music has a kind of a, like, kind of country pop vibe. I love it. You should all listen to Kesha's reborn I music. I listen to... Um, uh, her older stuff a little bit the other day and then I saw what's his name's name on one of her songs and I went 
I'm going to listen to this to support Kesha, but fuck that guy. Yeah. Fuck That's his name. I I remember talking about that with my mom when the song Prank came out, and I was like, yeah, and he was like being a jerk to her about her weight and all this stuff, and it was like, my mom was like, it sounds like he's the one with the problems, not her. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Feminist icon, colorful like mom. I... <laughs> <laughs> I am the most unlikely person to be making this podcast. Because as you guys are, like, talking about all of these people and names and, like, like Really gritty <laughs> Hollywood songs. stuff going on. I'm just like, I don't listen to pop music. I listen to blues. She likes Hozier. <laughs> I like, well, he's not, I mean, like, I like Hozier, but he's not even, like, blues rock. He's kind of alternative in there. And then, like, Kaleo, that's hey, a great we saw band. Them. Should, yeah. Yeah, no, they were great band. Live. But very different music than what is in Glee. Yeah, um, they do cover "Take Me to." Church I was just gonna say point. that. I do what? remember that. Yeah, I hope you're excited. It's a long wait, so hope that hopefully that excitement feels. That's you. that's the whole reason <laughs> that I'm watching now. Oh God, uh, I hope you're not disappointed when it happens. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure I will be. But... <laughs> Um, I will tell you Will Schuster doesn't sing it so at least you got that <laughs> thank you <laughs> um, alright so do you think it's da, 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 Tina oh, time shit. Tina has eight lines no she has four, four lines this episode she had four <laughs> lines last episode four lines this episode I can count they gave Artie more lines when they were talking to Mercedes want to point that out um but uh jenna ashkowitz who plays tina and kevin McHale, who plays Artie, are best friends and have a podcast together so it's fun um yes uh so that's that's tina's time she had four lines four uh, lines not eight four who what was your least favorite song this episode can i choose yeah one? right <laughs> I'm going to go with whatever that song was that they were singing in Will Schuster's apartment. Yeah, I would second that. I also, I think what you said, it was the same song that Kurt also sings. They worked some of that in. Uh, I would say that clump, the Kurt solo and the- The slow songs. The really emotional ones that really meant nothing to me. Yeah, I was going to pick Kurt's song, too. Um, Yeah. My favorite song is, like... um, It's really hard. I'm going to go with the Fire duet, because it was a nice cover. I actually <laughs> i agree because i actually used to listen to that cover all the time because i loved kristen chenoweth's voice i still love it obviously but yeah i that like also i was like that's the only song i think i know the title to and then i forgot the christina aguilera song happened so but still i would pick this over that <laughs> 
I'm gonna go with the Christina Aguilera song, the beautiful one, because Mercedes just is, has a great voice. And also, I just really don't like the roller skating yeah. rink. That that made it hard. The whole the whole number. Yeah, I just don't like it. Who was your uh, least valuable player this week? Kurt for me. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Kurt for all the things that I talked about. Although yeah. I'm not gonna blame him. I'm gonna blame Ryan Murphy. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to blame Kurt because he was pressuring Mercedes to lose weight and being kind of meddlesome and duplicitous oh. with his parents. But not entirely unsympathetic. Um, like... There just wasn't a lot of puck to hate this yeah, week. Yeah, that's so. true. And honestly, like I forgot she was even in the episode cuz he didn't he didn't like I don't know, like gross like grossly touch somebody or he wasn't sexy dancing, really. He did make a lot of bedroom eyes during that fire. Oh, God, it's all coming back to me now. <laughs> it's all coming back. It's all coming back to me now. Ugly cover, though. I, yeah. I just, I, I don't know. I'm going to blame Ryan Murphy for everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... Yeah, I would agree, Kurt, for LVP. And then who's your MVP this week? Mercedes. I... I'm just not going to back it up. <laughs> I'm like, elaborate? Nope. 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 Cool. Uh, I went combination Burt Carroll because I love their relationship. Can you do I that? am doing it. I'm setting a precedent. <laughs> I don't know. I'm calling you out. Pick one. Then I'm gonna. She doesn't think Edgar's a villain. <laughs> no, because he can't choose ships. I disagree. So I'm gonna go with then probably Carol because she's got a great line early on. Aside from her being adorable and amazing and just like a really great person, she literally tells Finn, "She's like, you were conceived on a pinball machine." And I'm like, what a fucking badass. I love her. <laughs> she, yeah, he's like, wasn't I conceived in that bet? And she's like, you were conceived on a pinball machine. Carol, Carol is, um, she's pretty awesome. You're right. This was a tough choice because I I thought about doing Carol. Um, I thought about picking Finn because um, he had a lot of good moments. Um I feel like I've already picked her once before, but I'm going to pick right. Quinn. Oh, you have. You definitely yeah, have. Yeah, <laughs> I love Quinn, even though she's also the worst. But, like, this episode, like, when Mercedes said, like, how many people feel uncomfortable and, like, no one was going to raise their hand and, like, Quinn raised her hand and was, like, the first one up there to sing and, like, was there to support her. And, like, she had that great lesson about food and was, like, worried and concerned about Mercedes for entirely selfless reasons like, yeah there's no motivation yeah, which behind that yeah she just she's like oh i've seen this happen and like i don't want this to happen to you because i admire this part of you um yeah that so. and she's also probably really salty that like 
Sue did this to her and now she's seeing it for what it was in other people. And she's like, I don't want this to happen anymore. Yeah. Yeah. She's stopping the injustice. Um, Feminist icon Quinn Fabray. Quinn Fabray. Yeah. So, but so there are a lot of great, there's a lot of great character work in this episode, but there's also a lot of the songs were boring and Glee is a musical. And so when the songs aren't exciting, it gets a little bore bore. It, it, I don't even know what else to say. Like, I don't have anything like the, I think we talked about what I thought was like the most complex because it was just stuffing five different, what should have been five different storylines over a bunch of different episodes. It's just, it's, that was, yeah, it was meh. Yeah. Well, uh, whole reaction to this man. episode. Wow. Meh. Hopefully, meh. someone yeah. enjoyed this. <laughs> I mean, there are good things to enjoy no, in this episode. About, but as you know, a talking whole, about the episode, you're talking about our I'm talking podcast. about <laughs> I think we're de- <laughs> we're delightful, and I think people just enjoy hanging out with us. Humble. Yeah, we're yeah, the best. I'm, I'm the humblest person. I'm uh, I'm a minority because I'm in Glee Club. Oh God! <laughs> Callback joke. Wow, classic. <laughs> classic. Um, there was a great meme that was like the Holy Trinity of lines: the "You're all a minority. You're in Glee Club. You think your life is hard. I wear size 13 Nikes, men's, and you don't understand the epic highs and lows, the triumphs and defeats of high school football." The, three, the trinity of terrible teen content lines. Amazing. Uh, I have not yet watched Tall Girl, but my mother has. Fun facts. Oh, so is this just my mother and hour? my father together watched Tall Girl. Is this just a conversation hour now? We're like, well, I guess yeah. uh, we're done talking about Glee. <laughs> we're Let's done. We're talking. done. Who's seen Tall <laughs> Raise Girl? Raise your hand. Oh wait, it's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so please comment and subscribe and smash that like <laughs> button. Um, please let leave us a review. Give us your feedback. Let us know parts of the episode that you like and you don't like so we can, especially this first season, we're really trying to like figure out what our like format will be going forward. So like feedback is totes a preach. Um, yeah, we're going to get better. We promise. Us, yeah, we're going to grow. We promise. Well, I don't make promises. Okay, so Ellen and I are promising that we're going to get better. We're going to try to get better. We're going to improve. Promises are a trap. Anyway, we're on social media. (laughs) You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at GleeBootPod. And then also on the Tumblr, we are GleeBootPod. So, yeah, hit us up. Check us out. Share us with your friends, your family. Anyone who's watched Glee, anyone who hasn't watched Glee and just wants to have the probably superior experience yes. of us explaining <laughs> that, what and Glee I happened. would love to hear what people who like people who have not seen Glee, what they think of our podcast because that would be good to also have that kind of feedback too. Be like, hey, I have no fucking clue what you're talking about and I can't follow, and then we'll be able to to revise from there. So yeah, yeah. Or I don't have a clue what you're talking about, and yes, I love it. That is also uh. valid. <laughs> All feedback is valid. 
is valid. So uh, we're we're getting close towards the end oh of the God, season. Oh my God, really? Sort of. We're like, we're a little past the halfway oh point. So yeah, season one is, we, don't, we have a few more episodes left. Um, yeah, so tune in next time. Bye. Cool. You're beautiful. Bye. Bye. Bye.